Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Malthouse Games Podcast. This is an exciting episode, as it is the 10th episode of the entire podcast. With me today is my wife, Haley, as usual. Hello there. And a very, very special friend, also our number one fan, and I don't think anybody can ever challenge that, our friend Allison. Hi. So we're hanging out for the 10th episode, drinking like always, and just sitting and been chatting all evening. Today for the beer, I'm just going to dive into that first. Uh, I have the Dogfish Head 90-Minute IPA. Very good beer. Haley's drinking wine, and Allison has water. Wah, wah. Can I get to talk about my wine? Go ahead. Talk about the wine. It is Twisted brand Pinot Grigio, and it comes in a two-liter bottle, so you know it's probably not that great. <laughs> Allison, how's the water? I, um, I'm really exciting over here. I'm living my best life, so it's great. Allison ate dinner with us and then decided the wine wasn't good enough, which is fine because I don't like wine either, so I get it. We're drunk on tater tots. Mm-hmm. And vegetarian burgers. Vegan burgers. And vegan burgers. The next level. <laughs> Allison has been with us through meditarianism all the way through vegetarianism all the way to veganism. She has stuck by us thick and thin and tolerated all of our meals we've cooked for her. So it's been a real journey for me. One that has been interesting and unflavorful. I love it. You say unflavorful? No. Maybe. Oh, what a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> What's been your least favorite vegan meal that we've made you try? Um, ooh. You know, those vegan burgers were not, not my <laughs> favorite. Um, Understandable. Dalton does make a really good fried rice, though, that I, I really, really dig. And the, the chicken wings that weren't chicken. That was interesting as well. Oh, yeah. Delton makes really good vegan wings. So I make seitan wings. They are vegan hot wings. I recommend you look them up. It's a recipe through the edgy veg on the internet. Super good. Yeah, I like these things so much, but they take so long to make that this Valentine's Day, you know, I said, hey, Delton, what do you want for Valentine's Day? And he's like, I want a board game. So I bought him. What I buy you? Photosynthesis. I bought him photosynthesis. He's like, hey, what do you want for Valentine's Day? And I said, I want you to make me those wings. And so he made me those wings for Valentine's Day, and he got a board game, and it was a happy night. Worth it, but they do take like three hours. Which is why I know they're a treat, and I got them for Valentine's Day, which was very special because it was a weeknight, man. Allison, what did you do for Valentine's Day? Um, My boyfriend came over and made me deer steaks. So <laughs> The exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> they were really good. I've decided that I only want to eat deer steaks from now on because regular steaks suck compared. And we just spent a night in and uh, watched TV and it was great. It was a nice night. That was basically what we did. Haley got me the game and then I made the wings and we watched The Rum Diary, yeah. which Haley fell asleep to, even though it was her choice. Yeah. I think we watched Bob's Burgers. Because I've been rewatching the series. That show's so good, though. I know. I love it. My favorite is the one where, um, I can't remember. They're playing music out front, though, and they have the cups. Like, burgers rah, rah, and rah, fries. Yeah, burgers, burgers and fries. fries. Something, something, something. You don't I, burgers we won't tell and fries. you no lies or oh something God, like that. Oh, so good. Uh, it's such a great episode. That whole show is just phenomenal. So everybody, I think, is a little bit of Louise, a little bit of Tina, and a little bit of Jean. Like, that makes up the core facets of everyone's personality. I think there's a different, different percentage of each of them that everybody is. Like, I think I would be like 45% Tina, like 35% Louise, and like 10% Jean. I don't even know if that makes... No, I get it. What would Allison be? I think I'm Linda. Totally. Ooh, yeah. Totally. The more I'm watching the show, the more I'm like, God, I am Linda. Like, <laughs> putting up bats on Halloween. They're happy. Like, <laughs> they're happy bats. That's me. It's just so good. I'm definitely like majority Jean with the fart <laughs> jokes and stuff yeah. like that. And then I think I have a decent amount of Tina. You are yeah. Tina. Yeah. But at least when I'm driving, I don't have the <laughs> when she's like terrified. That's what makes me 45% Tina because I do have that. It's like constant anxiety. Very true. I oh, gosh, it. that show is just so good. They they have a really good Valentine's Day episode. Was that the most recent? Yes, and I'm not going to spoil it for oh, anyone. Oh, no, I believe we did watch that one. Is that the one with the trapeze? N yes. Yeah, yes. super good episode. That was fantastic. We need to go on a Groupon date. That was Delton and I's first anniversary date. Aw. He just, we, we literally got things from Groupon. 
It was a great date. I don't remember now. Oh, wait, yes, I do. You took me to the um, Museum of Osteology. So we have a bone museum. Have you been there? No, I haven't. I've I've been wanting to go, but I can't find anyone to go with me. Well, we'll totally go again. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've been there like two times. It's really neat. Just, I mean, the walls are just different skeletons. So it's cool to see all the different animals. But we went on that anniversary and I had like a memo book, like a scheduling book or something like laid to out. to the minute. And it was like, if we spend 30 minutes here and then drive, it's this long of a drive according to Google Maps. And then we go here. And I had like all these Groupons printed out. We went to the museum. We went to Norman's Museum. We went to the Museum of Osteology and just did all kinds of stuff. And got Italian food. That sounds like the best day ever. The best thing was we got food from this Italian place on North May, just north of 63rd Street. I do not remember the name. We're the first ones in the door when they open at like 11 or 12. And it was like 5.30 in the evening. Was it? Yeah. Oh, well, something. We got, we get in there, right? We're sitting down. We order our food. We're eating. And the waiters and waitresses are like not used to somebody being in there so early. Because we're grandpas and Delton had this really strict agenda. Yes, I did. But it was great. So we're sitting there and we're just kind of hanging out. And they're over there chatting and they're being a little bit loud. And we're not really sure. And then all of a sudden they're talking about somebody with no shoes. And the waitress is like, yeah, the guy had no f-ing shoes on. Like out loud with us in there. And they look over and she covers her mouth like freaked out. We got free dessert. We didn't care, but we got free dessert. Yeah, we didn't care. I think I just look young and innocent. People are like, oh, the kid cussed around her. Mm-hmm. And I think I like I made direct eye contact with her right as she said it, like just accidentally. And so we got free dessert out of it. You can never go wrong with free dessert. I mean, what'd you have? Tiramisu. Oh, yeah. My favorite. Delicious. The different times we've had free dessert has been tiramisu or coconut cream pie. This was back oh. when we could have both of those. I was about to say, can you even have those anymore? No. You know, I don't think I would mind being a vegan, but I cannot give up sweets. I mm-mm. Oreos, yo, you know this. I know, but I eat gummy bears. Like Michael for um, Valentine's Day got me a huge bag of gummy bears and it's almost gone. What brand? Haribo. Come on now. I was wondering. I'm going to get you the sugar-free ones. Disgusting. No. Who do you think you are? Have, have you read the reviews on Amazon? Um, yeah, and I don't want to live on a <laughs> toilet. Thank you. What if I buy a pack, claim to have eaten some, and actually filled it with sugar-free? You know, do it and we'll find out what happens. Maybe I'll come to your house. And... Who knows? Maybe you've got some genetic mutation that you're just immune. I hope so. Probably. That would be good. Allison has like the genetic makeup to make her immune from the bubonic plague and all this stuff. We just recently found out something interesting today. It's true. I am superhuman. What is your superpower, Allison? My superpower is I cannot burp. I have never burped in my entire life. I don't know what it is. And I just found out that my mom has been the same way. And this obviously means I am immune to the bubonic plague and everything else in the entire world. So, haha. That works for me, although burping is sometimes nice and relaxing and relieving. So I can't imagine drinking a soda and then just being like, oh, I feel bloaty and it never going away because you can't burp. I would never know because I don't feel that way. I don't I mean, I don't feel that way every time I drink a soda. Sometimes I do, but I drink Coke so much that I feel like it's a part of me now and in my bloodstream. So your body's just used to it. It's used to all that sugar that I eat. From like, you know, everything. And so it's like, oh, carbonation and sugar. Who cares? Is that why you're so sweet? <gasps> me and Haley are actually in a relationship here. It's not Delton. It's me and Haley. Bye, Del. I'm going to be here with my dog. Ha ha. Ha ha. It is true. His little peanut of a dog. Have you talked about Hershey on the show? I don't know. I have a chihuahua named Hershey and he's old and he's an old fart. He's and he's crotchety. a peanut. He is a peanut. A little tater tot peanut. He will be 12 this summer. Which is way old, but he's a chihuahua, which means he'll live to like 18. Yeah, he's been in Delton's life twice as long as I have. Yeah, and he gets twice the love, so it works. <laughs> so Allison's here being our number one fan for Hi. the special 10th episode. I don't know if it's really special aside from Allison's here and it's the 10th episode. It's always special. When you're here? Yeah. Yeah, okay, perfect. <laughs> I think we should take a minute before we get into things and just talk about the awesome things that Allison has done. To make her the number one thing. Oh. <laughs> All right. So Allison. So Allison has this thing on her birthday where whenever it's her birthday and her friends are over, 
um, everybody has to say five things nice about her. And I really think we should incorporate this right now. Oh because she's done a lot of awesome things for our podcast. Ah! Oh, my God. All right. So the five things nice about Allison. Let's see. First one, I think Allison's the only person to have ever liked every single post we make on Facebook. And comment on most of them, too. Comment on a lot of them. Ah. As well as share us on Instagram. Hey. She was the idea for the Instagram. She had the idea for it, so she got us on there. Yeah, I didn't want to come back because I was tired of it, but I was like, you know what? If I can get some likes and get a little more publicity for the podcast, I guess it'll be fine. And it is awesome. Yep. What's the number two? So she gave us tons of feedback on our first few episodes as well, which it was, was super like helpful. six pages of you guys are dumb. Um, Not really. It was more like Delton, you're a nerd. Haley, you're perfect. <gasps> Number three, Allison thinks I'm perfect. (laughs) (laughs) That could be good number three. What's a good number four? She has played tons of new games with us and has never said no to a game. Like, we've put her through some weird-ass games, and she has always been just gung-ho to play with us. That's true. No matter what the game is, or if we don't know it or do, Allison will play it at least once. That's a good one. What's a good last, final, fifth one? This one has to be the best one. Allison kicks our butts at all the games and gives us good stories. That's true, she wins a lot. So I don't know if that means she's really smart or we're really dumb or both, but either way. <laughs> Y'all are so nice. That's a lie. I win maybe 45% of the time. The other percentages are Haley. Haley, Dalton, I think, has only won a few games ever. In his life. That, yeah, there's only one game that Dalton wins at. Me and Haley cannot win at this game, and Dalton always wins. Oh, here's the door. It's straight ahead. It's it's a game. So the game today is a game that I do not own, which is different from literally every other game I talk about. But it is Allison's game, which is... is the first time we've had a non-Delton game on the podcast. I think so. I think it's the first time we've done anything that I don't have on my shelf. Uh, yeah, actually, I do think so. So this is Marrying Mr. Darcy, the Pride and Prejudice card game. This is a game Allison purchased, uh, I don't know how long ago now. I think I bought it back in, like, October, September or October. It was back in the fall. I saw it on Tumblr. I used to watch this YouTube channel. It was called The Bennett Diaries, and it was a modern retelling of Pride and Prejudice. And I think on the two-year anniversary of the show, they played this game, and they videotaped it, and I was like, that looks like a lot of fun. So I came over, and I talked to Delton and Haley about it, and then I went home and bought it. And there we are, and we've played it, like, what, five or six times, if not more? Oh, yeah. Oh, I think more than that. Oh, we yeah. played it quite a bit. In terms of the game, it was a Kickstarter game. The designer is Erica Sfano. Is that how you pronounce that? Right here. Erica Sfano? Right here. I think so. That was down here as well. Okay. Uh, it looks like Eric... Evanson is the illustrator, art director, and graphic design. The graphics fairy, it says, did the vintage stock graphics, whatever that means. And it's based on Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. I've never read the book, so the game was kind Mm -hmm. of like out of nowhere for me. Uncultured swine. You can't read. (laughs) I can't read. (laughs) Before we get to that, so the way the game is played is very simple. You have some character cards, which can be wit, friendliness, Beauty. Friendliness, beauty. And reputation. And reputation. And what you do is you draw a card off the event deck, resolve the card, and sometimes it lets you play or draw. Now, the best part when they're making fun of me about not being able to read are these event cards. So this game is really best if you kind of get into the stories around what you're playing. So it really is as simple as you draw a card, you deal with what the card says to do, and the next player goes. So it's pretty simple. You get to put cards in front of you. The reason you put the cards, like friendliness or cunning, reputation, all those, beauty, I can't ever remember them. The reason that you put those in front of yourself is because you want to find a suitor. So in this game, you play, do you know all the ladies, Allison? Yes, you are one of the many women of Pride and Prejudice. You're one of the Bennett sisters. You're Caroline Bingley, Charlotte. I think that's all the women. Oh, you can be Georgiana, Mr. Darcy's sister. Yeah. So you're, you're one of these women, and each of them... Some of them have special things you can do, like Caroline. If you draw a card, you get to draw like two character cards. Um, I think Lizzie Lizzie comes with like a certain amount of wit, and like Jane is has a certain amount of beauty already. Yeah, and then the other ones just have dowry. Yeah, Charlotte has dowry, right? 
Yep. Yeah, the the lesser sisters don't have much. So <laughs> But they have good dowry. So what happens is you put these cards in front of you, and this is you as either Caroline or Georgiana. This is your beauty and cunning. And you have to have a certain number of each to go after different suitors, which are Mr. Bingley and Mr. Wickham, Fitzgerald, the really awkward cousin. Mr. Collins? Mr. Collins. There you go, Mr. with the Collins. weird hat. Yes. That was, so in a high school, we read Pride and Prejudice because every high school in America does for some reason. Except Delton's, Delton's apparently. Except Delton's because it's Gary America. Yep. But my friend at the time, we had a code name for guys who would basically wear fedoras and try and woo you. And every time one got close, we got a text message from one, we would say, Mr. Collins rang this weekend. Stop it. That's great. That's awesome. It was Mr. Collins, and so that was our code name in the class, and so we all know who each other's Mr. Collins was when we talked to each other in English class. Ew. That's awesome. So Mr. Collins is one of the suitors, right? So you develop your character as one of the ladies, and you get more beautiful or uh, get more cunning or get more uh, wit and all that stuff. Then at the end of the game, you have a chance to have those suitors propose to you, and if you get the one that you really want, you get a higher amount of points. They each have a different point level. And so the point of the game is to get married while also having the most points, which come from not only the marriage, but the number of wit and beauty uh, and reputation cards. But the fun, which we kind of got off on tangent on, the fun of this game, the most of it, is definitely the stories behind these cards. So you'll flip a card over and it can just say something like, you know, you're at a party, roll a die. And then you roll poorly because it's a, just a one six-sided die. And the card says you were caught trying to read a book you don't know how to read. The person called you out in front of everybody. And it's like, take a penalty. And it's so funny to think that you're at a party and you're trying to read this book all, you know, ladylike and proper. And then somebody else comes over and just swats it out of your hand and you can't read. Or like if you're the makeup one. Oh, it's the best. Oh, my God. When we played this the first time, Dalton got one and it was like, it rains and it washes your makeup off or oh, I don't that's not it something like that and you lose a beauty yeah you lose beauty because of it but I think it, I don't think it was it rained I think someone <laughs> comes over and like criticizes your beauty and I think it was like these eyebrows are fake yeah it's like we just imagine somebody licking their thumb and like wiping your eyebrow away in front of just other people the scandal but the stories with these cards are the stinking funniest things I mean wiping people's eyebrows off you know, calling them out for being bad at reading a book or when they just brutally fail at playing the piano forte. That's one of the best. I think one time we played it, I made everyone talk in a British accent. We had to talk like proper people. Pro that proper. was horrible. What was that? I know, that was, that was <laughs> not British. Don't judge me in my we bad had to accent. Be, we had to be proper ladies. Well, see, when I try to do British, it ends up being the trashy, like, hello, you want to crump it in some tea? And it's bad. That's I'm really bad at accents. That's also your drunk voice. <laughs> My very first time, I do time, like to like, do that when Delton, I get drunk. Like, whenever Delton and I were dating, we went to his brother Joy's concert, and I couldn't find him, couldn't find him, couldn't find him. And finally, I found him, put my arm on him. He turns to me and goes, "Hello." <laughs> <laughs> when I get drunk, I get really southern. So you turn British. <laughs> I, I I just like to walk around. I, I do. I like to find people and just go hello. And I don't know why. I've been <laughs> trying not to do that, but obviously, what? if you drink enough. But yeah, I'm really bad at accents, as this has clearly shown. So I should never be an actor that's not American or anything. I mean, I have a definition book, as you know from the episodes, and my definition book, and I keep adding to it, which is <laughs> very poor. Like Brian the other day made a good joke. Uh, he was texting and his autocorrect messed up and he couldn't think of the term autocorrect. So he put his typo fixer. And I was like, that's going in the definition book for sure. Well, I was going to say, I mean, the crappy accents really make the game, though, because I remember one game we were doing. Um, it was just a I was the storytelling game and made everyone do it in different accents every round. It's a story game called Once Upon a Time. Allison played that with us, and it's just fun, you telling stories, and we use voices. So I was, mine, I always use Teddy as the name of the main character. So I'm always like, and then Teddy went to the castle. And you always have to do some dumb voice. And it just makes these games so much more fun to me when you can do that. We really need to play Fiasco with um, Allison and Brian. I really think they would like that. Fiasco is like 
kind of like a role-playing game. Yes. But it's a lot simpler. It's all based on two people having a, like a movie-style scene I'm here for of it. conversation. Yes. It gets it's intense. Cool. I was a drug dealer prostitute. I mean, is there any other type of way to play a game? Who are you, Delton? You were the... I was the guy who made the drugs, but I was also the janitor of the nuclear facility that Kyle ran, and Kyle played your wife, Miss Jackson, and then you were Miss Jackson's wife, and also being forced into prostitution from my drug dealer. Oh my god. Who was Allison. We made this really twisted, dark 90s movie, slash comedy somehow, and role-played this, and it was a blast. I was married to Wanda Sykes. Essentially, yes. I mean, I need to play this. Yeah, it's really cool. Just gotta have at least four people, and then just like three hours. I'm here for, you know, I, I keep telling Dalton I really want to <laughs> play these long games. He has this game, Twilight Imperium, and I said, Dalton, when you play this, you better call me because I want to play an eight-hour game. Like, I'm really down for it. And what does he do? Plays it and didn't ever call me. Thanks. Thanks. I always worry Allison's going to hate it, and then she'll be like an hour in and be like, this is stupid. I don't like it. And then I'm like, well, sorry, you got to be here for six more hours. <laughs> I would be down for that. Even if I hated it, I would voice it, but I would never leave. I would never get up and leave. There was <laughs> one game we played not too long ago. Don forgot to, you know, explain the rules to me fully. So as we were playing it, I did not understand it. So I was not really into it. And uh, do you remember which game that was? Was that Lancaster? The one where yeah. you came from the behind and won? No, that wasn't. Haley? Lan oh, no, that wasn't Lancaster. That I mean, that game lives high up in my expectations. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that game. was an awesome uh, comeback. What was the game? Was it Century? Oh, Century. The one with the golems and you buy and trade gems. I think so. We had like the four colors of gym. Yeah, I think it was that one. And um, Dalton did not. I think Dalton may have explained it to me. Maybe I missed it. In my mind, he did not explain it to me. And it was uh, halfway through the game. I mean, Haley was winning, of course. And I was like so behind. And then at the end of the game, I had like five points. And I was like, what? Yeah, that's one that I struggled with. We've, we have it on our 10 by 10, as you heard from the podcast. And we've played quite a few times now, like six. But the last play, I just felt like the past couple, I haven't really had a chance to win because there's been certain cards come out at a time in which I cannot get them. And it's put Haley able to get so far ahead of me that I just feel like the luck of the draw was too strong. And so it really put me off for a bit. So we're having to wait to finish playing more. Um, but that's one we'll get back to and I'll be able to kind of keep thinking on that. Haley wins at everything. She does. It's annoying. Except for... Marrying Mr. Darcy. Oh, my God. No, Dalton. Dalton. I think I've only married once in that game because I have very poor strategy in that game because I am all about getting the one card uh, that you get so you can be the first to pick uh, who you want to marry. The cunning, right? The cunning. Yeah, I always pick cunning cards, and that is not a good strategy because if you lose your reputation, then... And I mean, I'm only I'm only shooting for one guy. You can you can try and get for multiple suitors um, to marry them, but you have to have a certain amount of certain things to marry the highest bidder or bidder, your, <laughs> the highest suitor. And I just I have really terrible strategy at the game, and I know it, but I do it every time. And, it's just hard. And then I always end up an old maid. Got to play the field. The best part is if you don't marry somebody at this game, you become an old maid. And as an old maid, you roll the dice and you get a result. And it's like, you inherit family wealth. You live comfortably alone for the rest of your life. Or it's basically like you die in a gutter. You become a governess. Yes, you become a governess. There's all kinds of options. There's, I guess there's six. But it's pretty funny because Allison's almost always an old maid. And then I became an old maid once. <laughs> Was that at my birthday? I think so. Like Delton like, died alone? Yeah. I think that was the only time I've married but i did not i still didn't win that game i think krista won or i think krista I think did so. win because i think she actually married mr darcy that's not the winning factor but i think she she still won she still won even though she married mr darcy but Haley and delton also they went to gen when they went to gen con last year they got me an expansion pack marrying mr darcy and zombies yeah it was the pride and prejudice and zombies expansion yes and that's a lot of fun <laughs> I think we've only played with that once, but it just adds that extra element of like oddness because then you have like weapons and you can be turned into a zombie and then you have a special instead of an old maid, you're a zombie now. Yeah. <laughs> like how good is your zombie life? But you can still win in that. 
Yeah, that's true. You can win as a zombie, which is awesome. That's what I like about that is even if you are the old maid, technically you can still win if you have enough points. That's true. But I mean, I feel like you have to be one of the lesser sisters and you have to marry like Mr. Collins and not get very many points. Because the really crappy thing about that, though, is if you are one of like if you're Kitty or um, one of like the younger the younger sisters, you don't get as many points for marrying. If you're Caroline Bingley, you can get like 16 points for marrying Colonel Fitzgerald. But if you're like one of the younger sisters and you're marrying Mr. Collins, you only get like 10. I'm like, that's kind of crappy. Yeah, you just have to focus on getting more of those cards, I guess. Yeah, and see, I know Delton, that's what Delton does. Delton's like, I'm going to have 10 million beauty and five reputation and 10 wit and I'm all, I'm a well-rounded woman. <laughs> Until you come and like cut the strings on my piano and wipe my eyebrows off. <laughs> well, you can't read, so it doesn't really matter. That's true. I can't read that sheet music. I'm like holding the book <laughs> upside down. <laughs> that's where his beauty comes into play. You're like, I don't really care if you can read or not. Jane Austen. Isn't that what happens now? Hair flip. That is why I married you. <laughs> no. Or your beauty. No. But <clears throat> we like marrying Mr. Darcy. It's been a lot of fun to play. We're glad Allison bought it. Allison's first game to buy, I think. Yes. Kind of part of the modern game world. Yes. That, I mean, we had been playing board games for a while. I don't know. That was the first game that I think we had repeatedly played. And that was just the first game that really like stuck out to me that I was like, wow, this is actually something I could really actually get into. Not that any of the games that we had played before weren't like that, but that was just the first one that I was like, oh, I really actually really enjoyed that. Because, you know, I love Pride and Prejudice. I love the movie. I love the BBC series as well. It's all great. Love Mr. Darcy. Hey, what can I get you? I'd like a topic. Any special way? Make it a top shelf topic. Coming up. Enjoy. So for today's topic, we wanted to talk about, especially with Allison, she mentioned how marrying Mr. Darcy was a game she really liked because she liked Pride and Prejudice. So we wanted to bring into the conversation themes and how some people value them more than others, but also why themes are important in games. Allison, what's your thought on themes in games? I think theming is very important in games because I think if you can connect with a game and a game's theme, I think that's going to really bring, you know, interest in fans and, uh, you know, get a new person that's like, oh, I really like board games. So I think it's critical to a game. Especially like diversity in themes, wouldn't you say? Like different kinds of themes, so not just like oh yeah, one set of themes. Because it oh, seems yeah. like the stereotype for I think board games is you're medieval mm-hmm. or you're what is it trading in the Mediterranean. Yeah, mm-hmm. like there's not a lot of variation until like the last few years. It seems like yeah, and I mean I'm still super new to the board games. I just know all the board games I've ever played with Dalton, but they've been pretty diverse. Like um, you know, we were talking about Rampage and then talking about um, Thebes, and I mean like those are pretty diverse games right there and ticket to ride i mean no i mean themes are important especially for someone getting into the hobby it just it allows somebody to latch onto a game i know we, we've uh, spoken about this before but getting a game that somebody likes the theme of can really help you go oh hey you know what these are kind of fun versus if i break out something like you know puerto rico which is just about settling in puerto rico like somebody might not find that interesting at all and not have any care to play the game Yeah, I think if you had, like, broken out some of these games for one of the first ones, I probably would have been like, okay, I'm not coming back here. It's fine. (laughs) But, I mean, I think you picked really good games to introduce me to, like, Rampage, um, Carcassonne. I really like that one. I I forced you to play Mysterium with me, and I really enjoyed that game. It's a good one. Like Cleopatra with her, too, like our second time to play with her. We did. That was when I forgot that uh, the highest amount of whatever that one corruption, highest amount of corruption gets eaten by the crocodiles and can't win the game. (laughs) (laughs) And we just discounted that rule for that play. I liked Cleopatra. I mean, I I really like uh, Egypt a lot. So I think those were really good games to start me out with. Because, I mean, we, me and Delton know each other through um, humanities classes. Woo! Party up! I don't know. I've always I've always loved uh, Egypt and uh, all that jazz. It's always cool to have good, good historical themes that are interesting, and that's Cleopatra's definitely one. Plus, you get to actually build stuff, kind of, which is cool. Well, and I I mean, 
I, I keep coming back to Thebes, but I really liked Thebes because I wanted to be an archaeologist when I was younger. So yeah, Thebes has just got the the fact that you get to reach into a bag and I hope know. to grab a like a treasure of some sort is just so much fun for some reason. Well, and getting, I mean, like all the, all the all the art that you get to pick. I mean, it's like everything that we learned in humanities. Yeah, exactly. Like Nefertiti's bust. I was like, oh, I want that one. <laughs> I don't think I got it. I always love the um. Oh, you know the Greek charioteers. Yes, the bronze cast. I always oh, love yeah. getting those and stuff. I know, and that that game was, I think, just a lot of fun. I love that game. It's really good. The best part is I bought that for like twelve dollars on sale on Amazon. It's on my list. I have a list of board games I want to buy. <laughs> I've got enough of them to try out, so you can add to it for sure. Oh, I know. I think another good, like another good game that has really good theming are those escape games. Those have been really neat. The is it Doctor Squeak and Sausage or? I think it's just called Squeak, Squeak and Sausage, Sausage. Squeak but yeah, Sausage. that one was awesome. That one was so much fun, and it had really great theming. It did. It was just the crazy doctor wanted to blow up the world or whatever. No, but it, the artwork was so beautiful. It was. The artwork was really neat on that one. But these themes, I mean, they really are important to games, even though the further I get into games, the more I don't mind lack of theme or a theme that's not really a theme. So like recently, I got Keyflower. Uh, I traded the game away and got some money and Keyflower. I love that game. It's awesome. But the theme is just basically non-existent. You're just using some tiles to put in your quote unquote village when really all it is is you put the tiles together and make some lines connect if you can. And that's basically the theme of the game. The last game we played, which was Lancaster, I really enjoyed that because at the time I was reading a book on Anne Boleyn and uh, King Henry. And so that kind of like went really well with it. And so I just really enjoyed the theme of that game because I was like, Lords and Heva Castle and blah, blah, blah. I was like, this is great. It is kind of neat, that game. Like, it doesn't really throw a lot of theme on it. But when you have an attachment like the book you were reading and you think of King Mm -hmm. Henry VIII, then it really starts to make more sense and kind of come together. Yeah. And I think, and I think, you know, coming back to Thebes, sorry, this is not a promotion. I'm just saying. And even Sagrada, I mean, you know, getting to go to Europe and seeing all the the chapels there and seeing all of the beautiful stained glass windows and then playing a game like that you're like this theme is so on point like you get to build the windows in the real sagrada i know and then they get blown up in world war ii bad day so what do you think allison is the craziest theme of board game you've seen so far or most ridiculous um okay the most ridiculous i don't know you tell me first and let me think do you have one delton the most ridiculous theme, it doesn't seem like it's ridiculous, but I feel like police precinct, just the way it's presented, where you can get like donuts and donuts help you do stuff as a cop is just so funny. Um. Okay, so the most crazy, outrageous theme I think I saw was the other day I was at Barnes & Noble and there was a game called the Donner Party. Yeah, Donner Dinner Party. Yeah, and I was like, what? Why? And then I saw one on Amazon the other day. It was like Hitler's Friends. Or something like that. If something about- I know Secret Hitler. Oh, maybe that's it. Never mind. Yeah. So both of those are social deduction games, which is basically someone is a traitor. So in the Donner Dinner Party, you have to find out who the cannibal is. And then Secret Hitler, uh, you have the liberals versus the fascists, and you have to find who Hitler is so you can quote unquote kill him in the game. And then your team wins if that happens. And so it's all just, you know, social and lying, but it, you have to have like a group for each of those. I'm always curious how games get passed on and they're like that sounds like a great idea well donner dinner party like that one's easier to understand um that one's actually published by a big company but secret hitler was a kickstarter game and there has been a lot of people that do not appreciate the theme which is understandable it's still a touchy subject i mean that was not even 100 years ago Uh, a lot of people retheme it themselves they'll go through and uh like do a print and play version and take the rules of the game and then design it around a new theme so that way it's a lot more friendly. Yeah, I don't know if I would necessarily want to play the Hitler game, but maybe the Donner Party one. Yeah, like Secret Hitler, I'd like to play the game, but at the same time it's like do we have to do we have to really use Hitler and the Nazis and stuff? Like I don't I mean, I get it, it's a part of history, but that game's not being historical at all. Well, it's almost kind of like romanticizing yes, Hitler. True. And so it it's a fine line. And I guess I mean, I guess you would have to play the game to kind of know where you're at but i mean maybe just don't and that's the thing that 
I mean, this is part of why I wanted to bring up themes is this stuff matters a lot. I mean, there's games. So like I really love, which this is going to come down to more artwork than it does theme, but theme matters in everything. So we love the game Istanbul. Istanbul is a really good game, you know, running around the city, doing all kinds of stuff. There are 88 depictions of people in that game. Zero women. And it makes it off-putting to think, okay, you couldn't have drawn them in. Like, it's not hard. But then it starts to take, okay, well, what's the theme of the game now? The theme of the game is the men who run that city are running around doing stuff. And it starts to affect the theme. Now, given that's not the idea of what the theme is for the game. That's just because of the artwork that that implication gets put on it. But the theme does matter, and that artwork plays into that a lot. And so that's kind of an off-putting thing. But games do that, and so it's something to be aware of with everything. I know we've talked about it in the past, but that's why I would never play Sky Traders again. Because we open it up, there is one woman depicted, and she's not even one of them. So you, you pick a character, there's like six characters picked, they're all men. You can There's like a woman card, and she has like large breasts and is scantily clad. And then um, all the non-white characters are basically characterizations of a race. So like the mm-hmm. one who was from the quote-unquote African colony had like a big bone through his nose. I'm like, that's not okay. I will never play that game again because I hated the theme in general. It's just poor taste. Yeah, I mean, that kind of, you know, it comes down, like the idea of that game was you're running this sky trading business. So you fly these airships around and trade. Well, that sounds nice and cool, right? The problem is when you present the artwork, the artwork really makes the theme of a game. And so when the artwork is slightly offensive or non-inclusive, it really affects the entire theme and can make a game like that really fall flat because it's like, okay, well, now you're just being silly. Because I couldn't even think of one mechanic in the game right now. All I can think of when I think of Sky Traders is how terrible that theme is. I just didn't even encode any of the information. That's what's sad, too, is I thought the mechanics were at least neat, but it was just like, okay, well... This is that's racist and this is sexist and it was just kind of ridiculous. You know, that's one reason. Allison, you have not played Dead of Winter with us. No. You are a colony of survivors in a zombie apocalypse, and so you have to survive and if you play one way, you can be a traitor. A traitor. So it's a really cool game. Part of what I love about it, and I always use it as an example, it's by a company called Plat Hat Games out of Dallas now. Um, Isaac Vega, who is, I think, the main designer. There's one other designer. I cannot think of his name. And who's a really nice guy. He's a very, very nice guy. And I heard an interview with him, and he said, this is basically paraphrasing what he said, but he is a black, Hispanic, gay man, and he designed the game to try to have everybody he can. So the game feels normal because there are women, there are guys, there are people of color, there's just every race and height and weight, and everything seems just normal. But it's not like there's 20-something-year-old women. It's like there's a 60-year-old mom. There is a like Hispanic the- woman. There is a black woman. And it's different ages. So you have all the way from like a 16-year-old to, mm-hmm. like I said, a 60-year-old. And so it's really awesome that somebody took the time to design that. And in the, uh, the Long Night, which is like it's a standalone game, but you can use it as an expansion. I know in it, there is a, um, a person that has a physical disability. Like is, I don't remember if they're in a wheelchair or something. I believe it's in a wheelchair. There is supposedly like an open gay character and stuff like that. And he's all about inclusion. And it makes it just like when you play it, you don't even recognize it because it feels so normal. So it's really nice that somebody goes into that with the theme. Because not only is the theme now zombies, but it's like the world together against zombies. And it actually feels that way. So that's been really awesome. Theme's just important. It's, you know, one of those things. And we care about inclusivity in this household. (laughs) right on and it's just something you have to deal with but themes are always fun and i think that it's neat you can do historical themes and you can do different stuff so there is a way if you want to do a theme uh let's say like vikings that's a theme that's done a lot right and everybody thinks of vikings as like a male dominated thing for the most part so it's understandable if that's kind of thrown in but that's one reason like we played a feast for odin uh, i think two times now and that game has an almanac book inside of it that explains some of the history and some of the facts behind different pictures in the artwork. So it really goes into depth trying to be historically accurate, which is awesome. I have also told Dalton I want to play that game. We'll play it with you because it's really good. Now that we've played it twice, we actually understand it because the first time was kind of rough. We need a tiebreaker because you won one and I won one. I'm here for it. 
Maybe I'll yeah. win one. We'll bring Allison in and she'll win it and then we'll never win again. She'll win every time. <laughs> Not doubting that one bit. No. So now that we've had kind of a soapbox rant about theme for a second, I think we should get to the question of the episode. Question of the podcast. And now, join us for a Malt House Games podcast special bite-sized question. So today's question, even though Haley asked a very good question in the topic part, it was a good one. Thanks, I'm a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We wanted to ask, mainly Allison, but we will also answer, if you could have a board game in any theme, even if it's super, super specific, uh, and it could be done in a romanticized way, it could be done in a very serious way, what would you want for a theme? Um... I'm going to pass this off to you guys first, and I will come back. Haley, do you have anything? Old ladies at a 4-H camp bake sale in 1963. Okay. What would the game be? So you're trying to bake the best loaf of bread, but trying to sabotage everybody else's (laughs) bread while not looking like a total asshole. You want to look like the sweet old lady, but you're trying to sabotage everybody else's bread and make sure you look good doing it, like both. Cute wise, because you're a cute old lady, as it, and also moral wise, like, no, I didn't add cold water to ye- your yeast. How dare you? I want to play this game. Um, let's kickstart this game because I would play this. Okay. Well, it has to be like a Western Oklahoma, like 1963 old <gasps> lady where they're like, I don't know, Betty Lou. Betty Lou, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you listen here, Mrs. Smith. Oh, Mrs. Ziegenfuss. Ziegenfuss, old German name. It was an old, batty old lady who lived in Elk City. And I have a cookbook from the church that has a lot of her recipes, but she was batshit. Haley, great. I don't know how to compare with that because that's like an ace game theme. Shit. It's like one of the cards or one of the things you could do in the game is instead of putting like walnuts in the banana nut bread you swap it out with like almond chunks and they're like Ew. oh it's ruined forever or it accidentally makes it great Ooh, that too. that'd be good like you know like you could you could do some like sabotaging but in all like in a like a twist it could actually be great Ooh, that'd be really Ooh, Haley, i think you're on to something <laughs> tigs i gotta get to work now like i'm really yeah, not right? kidding that's so funny you guys are so supportive thank you <laughs> this just sounds like an I would love this game. Right? That's so funny. Maybe I can work on that while you and Brian are working on your game. Right. I'll work with on it with you. <gasps> oh my god, we should do that. Okay, um old ladies nineteen sixty three bake off. It's gonna come to you. Copyright TM. Four H bake off. <laughs> like estimated twenty twenty five. Estimated uh debut, uh T B H. Right. Allison, you got anything yet? The only one that's really coming to my mind is a, a Lizzie McGuire game because if I'm honest, Lizzie McGuire was my life when I was in like elementary school, middle school. And so in this game, you would be Lizzie McGuire and you're trying to navigate high school and also going to Rome and becoming a secret pop star. And uh, you get to sing a song. Uh, this is what dreams are made of at the end. And if you sing it on key, you win the game. You get Gordo. No, because Gordo was weird. What about beans? That was even Stevens. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Is that the right show? No, that was even Stevens. Oh, okay. Well, all right. That's a terrible game. I hate my game. Dale, Haley's was so good. <laughs> Haley's was just so specific. Damn it, Haley. Right? I don't, I I don't I know. I want to play Allison's. Allison sounds like fun. I was a Lizzie McGuire in her back in the day. You get to do your hair. So it's going to be just a really immersive game. You get to like, Style your hair. Are there butterfly clips? Um, hell yeah. And, cr- God damn and you get yes. to crimp it. Like, mm. It's like the Pretty Princess game. <gasps> you played Pretty Princess um, too? Yeah, and I won. <gasps> no, okay, you guys. Okay, no, I like. You want to know my favorite board game ever? Yes. It was the Barbie game. What was that? Do you guys remember me? Ta- I remember talking about this game with you guys. I remember. So the whole point of the Barbie game is to go to prom. You have to get a prom date. <laughs> You have to go to school. You have to get a prom dress. You have to go to the um, 
You have to like be in a like in a club, and you have to like go to the beauty parlor. Oh my god, I loved the Barbie game. We need to find it. I'm sure we can find it on like you can Amazon or something. Oh yeah, I've looked for it. I've searched for it. You can find it like on eBay, but it's like fifty bucks, and I'm like not that dedicated. Damn. Just keep checking out like every Goodwill and thrift store that you go to. Y'all, that game was my life because I won it every single time because I cheated. So. If you're listening to this and you played it with me, I cheated. How did you cheat? Um, a cheater never reveals their secrets. So, because if we ever play, I'm going to cheat. There we go. Noted. Just kidding. She's just going to wear a wig. She's like, I'm doing my hair We're like Allison. <laughs> just kidding. I don't believe in cheaters or people who play the game wrong. Um, If you know what I'm talking about, that one guy. Why are you staring at me? Not you. It's that one guy you invited. Oh, shout out Cody. <laughs> yeah. Um. Still hashtag bitter. Cody was hiding cards in saboteur. So, yeah. I have never let him forget that. No, we haven't. Ever. Good. Because I remind him. Cheaters. So I guess that comes to me then. What game theme would I want? This is really difficult because obviously A Feast for Odin covers Vikings in a way that, you know, most games don't. So that's kind of rough. I could come up with a random theme, but I want something neat. The problem is... Can I change my theme? If you want. Um, can I do my movie star theme instead? Yes. So my master's <laughs> thesis is on old Hollywood. So maybe an old Hollywood theme where you have to go through the studio system to become a famous actor or actress. Although that wouldn't be very inclusive, would it? I mean, it just depends. You could present it inclusive-wise. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, too, you have to think of there is the historical element. And if you hit, you know, it's just like Pride and Prejudice. That game in no way is inclusive to people of color. But that's how the book was written. And the game is based off the book. And so it makes sense. So it kind of depends on how it's presented. If you just made a book that were like, you're going to be a movie star, then, yeah, it could be kind of racist or sexist. But if it's like, hey, you're going to be a movie star in the 1930s, in the beginning of, you know, big Hollywood. Well, then it starts to make a little more sense as to why certain things are chosen. You know what I mean? And still, you could even then break that to make it however you want. But I mean, technically, this is your dream theme. So you could totally be like, it's going to be old Hollywood, except it's going to be old right Hollywood. Non-racist Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, correct Hollywood. I just hate everything I'm coming up with. That's okay. It's all, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. You have to think. I have a board game about WWE wrestling about dinosaurs and aliens, about a panda walking around in a bamboo field, you know, about some people building a city. So it's like, you can do anything. My dog. Charlie, the game of Charlie. Oh my God. How would that work? Um, you just try to get as many pettins as possible? Yeah. What can I do to get his hand on my body? You know, I want to be petted. What do I need to do? That'd be the greatest game. <laughs> He's like, I want petted and I need more food. More food. But then if you slobber too much, like the hand goes away. So you have to like find this middle ground of being content, being petted without getting overwhelmed. So you don't slobber all over your owner. Charlie doesn't slobber, but that's a good idea. Um, I love my dog. Shout out to Charlie. Charlie's a cute little peanut. We've received a Christmas card of Charlie for the last three years now. Cherish. This Christmas card on one side had a giant picture of Charlie. And on the other had Allison with Charlie. And so I kept it on the Charlie only side on the fridge until Haley made me change it. Extremely rude. That's because Charlie's the best. Sorry. You're not wrong. And I'm really not that <laughs> offended by that. Okay, good. Okay. So for my theme, so we can get this move into the end. Uh, I think it would be cool if there was a game where you could play through the stories of some mythology. The question is what? Because there are different games with different uh, mythological themes behind them. But I want one where it's like the story of it. So it's like Norse mythology would be cool. You know, Egyptian mythology would be cool. It would be sweet to have a game, like a really well-built game of like Beowulf. That could that could be neat. It, there's so many things you could do. I feel like out of all of them, I don't know. I think just doing the Greek pantheon, having a game where you play through like a lot of the major stories of the Greek pantheon could be awesome. I think the beginning of the gods and goddesses the greek god and goddesses yeah we could go through the titans i think it is the theogony we're gonna look this up all right so hesiod's theogony is a real thing theogony is a poem by hesiod describing the origins and genealogies of the greek gods boom composed circa 700 bce 
All right. So there you go. That's but, why I made hundreds on everything. Yeah, I Googled oh. it all the time. Boo, I didn't cheat. What are you talking about? I studied like crazy. Obsessively. I really did. But anyway, I think Hesiod's the Agony. Yeah, having a game where you play through the story of the Titans and the Greek gods could be just fantastic. Y'all are like so sophisticated. <laughs> I like Lizzie <laughs> McGuire. I'm going to do some hair and sing a song. <laughs> butterfly clips for days. Dalton would lose every time. I could butterfly clip my beard. There you go. Yeah, pretty. Aww. I could be a pretty princess. Pretty princess princess. I just need a tiara, first off, and I'm going to say it tiara because that's how you pronounce it. I want a sash that says number one babe, and then I just need a pretty dress that's better than that blue one that I wore for Halloween that year. Didn't you have number one? Oh, no, that was birthday babe on your that crown. That was birthday babe. I had a crown one time that was birthday babe, and it was all pink. Did it have penises on it? I think it did, but that was the that was the birthday party where Haley came. And a month later, we started dating. Aww. So that was like the origin party of us. Ula. Was me getting shwasted in the hotel room. Wasted. Oh my god. That's yeah. shwasted. Dude, it's because it was bad. <laughs> I feel bad for the room service. We picked up all the trash the next day because it was so bad. I feel bad for Haley. Yeah. She laid next to me while I slept on the floor and apparently I tooted a lot. <laughs> so that's an awesome story. Somehow... This almost three-year marriage has now uh, made it through that. We've been together six years this year. Together for six years this year, and then we will have been married for three on March 13th. So as of the recording of this, that is next week. Congratulations. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yep, my toots are keeping it together. That's the glue that holds us as one. <laughs> you didn't All scare right. away that. that. <laughs> All right, oh, so we're just going to wrap this up. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Malthouse Games podcast. Episode 10 has been awesome. Allison has been a fun guest to have. Thank you, Allison. Thanks. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> if you will please check us out on Facebook, Twitter, any social media, or anything like that, we are at Malthouse Games. We also have an email. We would love for you to send us those drawings of Brian that you're supposed to send from episode six. And as well, let's see some drawings of what you think Allison looks like based on what she sounds like. That's contact at malthousegames.com. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter personally. Haley is at squirrelygeek. S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L-L-Y-G-E-E-K. I am at Delton Brack. If you want to find Allison, Allison, how can they find you if you want them to? Um, I'm on Instagram and I am on Twitter. I do not tweet. I think I've tweeted twice. Um, but it's just my name, Allison Pittman. And uh don't find me. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can literally find me on any Malt House games um likes. I comment a lot, so that you can find me that way. That is true. Literally any Malt House post you can find Allison. Yep. And we also do now have an Instagram. Uh, I guess this will be the first episode since that started. It's thanks the same to thing. Allison. Yep, thanks to Allison at Malt House Games. Well, thanks everybody for listening, and I guess until next time, sit back, relax, have a drink, and play some games. Hello. Bye, everyone. Toot.